1: Switch to Metro by T-Mobile and save more. Get the new iPhone SE, now with 5G, at the lowest price in prepaid. Just $99.99.
2: I post a lot. And thanks to the iPhone SE with 5G and advanced 4K camera, I'm snapping and sharing while my followers are smashing the like button.
1: Switch and get the iPhone SE for just 99 dollars Only at Metro. Save more versus national prepaid brands. Limited time offer, in-store only, Price for 64GB model with eligible port $60 plan and ID. See 5G device coverage and access details at MetroByTMobile.com.
2: Sunny jackpots are waiting for you at Yamaha Resort and Casino at San Manuel. Join us every Thursday in June for a chance to win a 2022 BMW 540i or up to $100,000 cash. Earn entries all month long using your Club Serrano card at your favorite slots and table games. Not a member? Sign up today and you could plan the ultimate summer road trip at a new BMW or with thousands in cash. Hot temps, even hotter prizes only at SoCal's number one casino, Yamava. Details at Yamava.com. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly.
3: All right, it's time for the news. That's right, the new noise. Coming back at you, a weekly segment thing we're doing here on Decibel Geek because you guys wanted more, we're giving it to you. Chris has got the news. We're all going to react to it together. Have a good time. Chris, what's going on, brother?
4: Not much. Uh, Well, a big topic that uh, took place this last week uh, and is going on now, Um, the tour uh, started this past week in Atlanta.
3: Uh, Yeah, that's right. I think... I was thinking that, you know, our Poison episode that we just came out with is perfect timing on that because from all that I've seen and read, it's going down just like we said it would with Poison stealing the show. We called it.
4: Yeah, well, I mean they're you know what you're going to get with Poison and they if anything they're they're an honest band. There's like there's no tracks being yeah. used. They and honestly, it, it's one of it's kind of like I, I could call it Alice Cooper syndrome because Alice Cooper, even back in the '70s, none of the vocal stuff that he did back in the day was so challenging that he can't pull it off now. So true, and yeah,
3: I, that's smart.
4: I think Brett Michaels is in a similar boat. I don't think any of Poison's stuff from their heyday really is. And this isn't a diss, but it's not. He always worked within the parameters of what he could do
3: yeah and some forethought into the future of you know if this lasts a long time and i'm still doing these songs when i'm in my 50s and 60s am i going to still be able to sing these songs yeah i don't they were thinking that back then but it sure did work out in his favor
4: yeah i'm assuming you've watched some video from the opening show
3: yep i've seen some poison i've seen some deaf leopard and i've seen some motley crew well yeah,
4: i saw a little bit of joan jett set um Man, it just sucks that she's playing so early in the day cuz there's not like a ton of people there it looks like to see her. But yeah. uh she sounds I mean, she sounds like Joan Jett. Although, you know, Brian Wheat said in an interview from Tesla not long ago, that you know, he he'd wish Tesla had been put there instead of Joan Jett and I think Tesla would have been a perfect fit for that.
3: Yeah. Would have been a much better fit and I bet you people would might have, you know, pulled themselves away from the beer tents a little bit earlier if it were Tesla.
4: Yeah. Although Tesla would have blown everyone off the stage if they were on this tour, probably yeah,
3: maybe that's yeah that's the idea. You know, you don't want to do that.
4: But yeah, I saw I saw and I saw a good good portion of Poison set. It's it's weird seeing Poison playing during the daytime. That yeah, it is kind of strange. That's a little odd. And then um and that, and I guess they're going to rotate the headliner slot. So Motley came out next, and uh, man, I you know I wanted to be optimistic for this for them, but. I'm not impressed with what Motley's doing on stage on this tour, at least so far.
3: Well, as far as Vince's vocals go, I mean, I was scared that it was going to be really bad, but it's been a lot worse. So he's doing better than like the last time that we seen him out there with Cruz so I'm... <laughs> hopefully he can hold on to that. I mean like I'm saying the expectations weren't very
4: high. It's what's the deal with guys named Vincent? You know, they seem to get by on low expectations from people. I don't I don't I know. Yes. Um, but you know the the vocals I've seen him do, I'm not very impressed with it. it honestly, it's just it's with Vince Neal, It's one of those things where it's like, man, you had three years to get it together, and this is yeah. this is what you're doing. Come on.
3: Three years, I saved myself time and just got three chicks and gave them microphones, and they helped me a lot.
4: Well, did you see the part where before they played "Don't Go Away, Mad"? He's got three women bringing his guitar to him,
3: <laughs> paying you. You're going to have to do some extra work.
4: <laughs> like, how do you explain that if you're one of those girls? What are you doing on the tour? Well, me and two other girls walk out and hand Vince a guitar, four songs yeah.
3: in. Um, a pretty good gig but, if you can get it.
4: Yeah. But then, the, like, the big shocker was that Tommy Lee, I guess, in Atlanta, played the first five songs, I think, and then walks out and says to the crowd that two weeks ago he broke four ribs and the doctor said, don't play, so he plays five songs, but then he's but then Tommy Klufettos, who drummed for uh, Ozzy and yeah. you know and uh, I think he did he also drummed for Black Sabbath on their last tour and Dead Daisies I believe uh, jumps up there and and plays for him the rest of the show I guess Tommy comes out and does Home Sweet Home but and then I heard in Miami Tommy only Tommy Lee only played the first three songs, but. Uh, Interesting. There's been a lot of debate about if if that's legit or not. Like, because I, you know, several people saying I've had broken ribs and there's no fucking way I could even play five songs. You could barely breathe.
3: If you were determined enough, you know, you'd be surprised what people can get through with the help of extreme determination. You know, and if he did it and he tried it and he got through five songs, that's fucking awesome. You know, to really give it a shot, but. I mean, yeah, broken ribs are no joke, and think about trying to drum with broken ribs. Well,
4: I've had broken ribs, and i I don't think I could have pulled that off. But and let, I don't know. Although painkillers can be helpful, I'm sure. Um, maybe he's doped up on painkillers to get through it. I I don't know. I I don't know if that's real or not. But then
3: he's on the some, sidelines getting a shot in his ribs, like football players in the 70s. Get back yeah. in there.
4: But it's also got some people screaming bait and switch because you know. You guys knew he was injured, but you didn't say a thing until five songs in, and then you come out and tell the crowd. So some people are pissed about that. Yeah, I mean,
3: but I guess if he gave it a shot, you know, and they said, yeah. you know, I'm going to try. If I can get through it, I'll get through it. I'll do the best I can. You know, we don't want to bait and switch. And then get out there and be like, yeah, uh-uh, five songs, I'm done. So you got to give it to him for trying.
4: Yeah. I watched some video from the Miami show earlier today, and— he gives almost a word for word exact speech about the same that he did in Atlanta, so i I don't know um, I'd like to think there's not shenanigans being pulled, but I don't i mean, at the same time, you can't cancel the tour. you got a whole bunch of crew people that need need paychecks so
3: sure, and when it comes down to it that day, I'm sure there's somebody, but the majority of people i mean, yeah, it's Tommy Lee, you know he's a huge star and a huge part of Molly crew. But if somebody says, you know, he's hurt and he can't play, are you really gonna go, Yep, I'm getting my money back out of the whole day thing, that's gonna be the deal breaker. I'm sure there's somebody, but not many, I don't think.
4: Probably not. I mean anyone paying top dollar for this tour, you're like I've mentioned in the article and I've mentioned on the show countless times, you're going for nostalgia. You're going to relive your yeah. childhood. So sure. You'll let a lot of stuff slide, and if if you have fun with it, fine. Um, Def Leppard seemed to have a decent set. It it rained through most of it. Uh, I saw the some of the footage; it was raining like crazy during their set.
3: What they should do is make it a contest, and whoever kicks the most ass the night before
4: gets to headline. No, because then Poison would be headlining most of the tour, probably. That'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> but that, Def Leppard sounded good, but the, and the, you know, here's the thing: where it's one of those. What would you like to see? Because apparently they played, I think, at least four songs off that new record of theirs. And I give them credit for being proud of their new work and, and exposing it to people. No, I mean, that's, that's what cool. a, they should. That, that's what a working band should do. But uh, it's, it, it is a little odd fit considering the rest of the bands are pretty much just doing the greatest hits.
3: Yeah. Well, the other bands don't have nothing new that's true poison don't have nothing to promote we talked about that last week please don't let holly weird be the end of it and crew ain't got nothing new to promote except their friendship with machine gun kelly
4: yeah and he came out on stage with them to, they did the dirt together at the atlanta show yay <laughs> and it's like they're gonna play that and then they i guess they did uh saints of los angeles which that was a kind of an odd song to be putting in the set yeah. list but I don't, know. Um, I don't know. It's
3: cool to mix it up a little bit. You know, Poison was playing some stuff that you wouldn't expect to hear.
4: They played the same set list they always play.
3: Did they? I thought they yeah. had some other stuff mixed in.
4: No, all they did was they changed the order of I Want Action and uh, Ride the Wind. They okay. reversed it. that's what I'm
3: thinking. <laughs> so they always do Ride the Wind?
4: Always. Oh, okay. That, that's they like a running that. joke on the, the metal sludge board. It's like, because Brett will always announce it like it's a new thing that they're doing, but they've been playing it on every tour. Yeah. <laughs> uh and let me I do have one gripe about Brett Michaels uh, while we're on the, the subject of poison. I thought it was a little cheese which I get why he did it, but at the same time, if I'm one of the other other three guys in the band, I wouldn't have liked this uh I guess it, before they went into nothing but a good time I don't remember what town it is in Georgia, but let's just say like uh Delonica, Georgia, or whatever he's like, I'll be back in September with my solo band. Uh. <laughs> And I'm thinking, that ain't cool, man. Don't be promoting your solo stuff with the other three guys on stage. Yeah, in front of your bandmates
3: (laughs) on stage.
4: Yeah. That's shitty. (laughs) And he also had a photographer several times throughout their set jumping up, taking photos of just him in front of the crowd.
3: Yeah, I saw that.
4: I was like, "Ah, that's cheesy. And and even at one point before the photographer comes up, he goes, this is what it's about. And I'm thinking, if I'm CC Ricky, or Bobby, I'm like, fuck you. You know, I... I like Brett, but he does not give enough shine to his bandmates. He never has. No,
3: no, and that sucks. We talked all about it last week, man. Nobody's clamoring for Brett Michael's solo. Everybody likes Poison. Give us that last Poison album. Just do like, you know, take take two tracks for yourself. Do a weird solo album, album style song and do your weird blues song at the end to close it out. But give us some good rock and Poison. Speaking of which, you know, last week we did that episode and I was had all my CDs out and it really kind of renewed my love and respect for that band because I, there's some of those albums that I haven't listened to in a while. But I was telling you about the Crack of Smile promotional CD that I had and I had that out and I had the Rough Mixes CD out and was looking at them and I said to myself, I wonder what these things sell for on eBay. And so I looked it up. The Rough Mix is one you can get for, like, 10 bucks, But then I looked up the Crack a Smile promotional CD from 96. Uh-huh.
4: $150. I believe. Well, yeah, because I didn't even know that that even made— I didn't even know they got it far enough along in the process where they were even sending promos out for that record. Yeah,
3: I remember when I found that that day. I'm looking at it going, well, I already got Crack a Smile and more. And these are just, you know, the same songs, missing a few. And I was like, but it's cool, and I've never seen it before, and it's not that expensive. I'm going to go ahead and get it, you know, mm-hmm. just for the collection. And I'm glad I did. And now it's my precious.
4: <laughs> well, that really tells you that it was a 11th hour decision to shelve that record. Right.
3: Down. Yeah, totally. You know what we ought to do? What's we ought that? to reach out to Blue Saraceno and get him on the show for an album's unleashed on that.
4: I'm on it. I'll, Let's well, do it. I'll, Heck I'll reach yeah. out to him That because that would be interesting. I bet there's some interesting stories about the making of that record.
3: And the craziness of it, how we, you, yeah. you get that close and it don't come out.
4: I'd like to talk to him, yeah. Uh, uh, incredible guitar player, too. Mm-hmm. All right, well, so we stick with live concert stuff. And uh, Eric Singer is probably in trouble right now. Did you see this story?
3: <laughs> the show in Antwerp?
4: Antwerp, which is in uh, Belgium. Yeah. So they... Uh, they were playing Detroit Rock City, and apparently Eric Singer got off track with, look uh, quite literally, with uh, where he <laughs> was in the song, and like jumped to a portion of the en- near the end of the song. The last time that Paul says everybody's going to leave their seat, and I guess he played it too early, and then Paul walks away from the mic, looks at Eric, probably with a death stare. Yeah. That Tom Harper knows what that's all about. Yeah, I was going
3: to say he's only got two looks, so you know right. what I meant.
4: Paul's not, nowhere near the mic, and you hear Paul Stanley's voice coming clear through the PA speakers. And uh yeah, and like it and it's made major rock press, like Blabbermouth reported on a kiss backing track backing track's accusations revived after Eric Singer's mistake at Antwerp Concerts. So I I got to wonder what the conversation was after this show, because everything is super synced up with uh, with tracks for this tour. So, you know, Paul could not have been happy about this.
3: No, definitely not. You know, because if that stuff's planned out, which, you know, it is, then any, any little miss time could mess everything up, which it did. But I mean, it's not a big surprise. Everybody knows it at this point.
4: Yeah, we're, what, three years into this tour, so I think anyone has at least heard the rumors by now. But it is interesting to see major media starting to pick up on it now. I know uh, one Sinkin' Stanley probably had a giant smile on his face that day.
3: (laughs) I follow that stuff, man. It makes me laugh. All right, and talking about that, you know, there's uh, Ralph Vieira posted this, and it's I don't know what year it's from, but it's Gene Simmons. So take a listen to this one time.
5: Thank you all. God bless you. Don't forget, don't use tracks on stage. Don't use backing tracks. Be honest. Love your fans. Give them full shows. No faking. God bless you.
3: God bless Eugene Simmons.
4: Yeah, I've seen that video clip before. That was before this tour. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's kind of funny to hear that and know right now that's exactly what you guys are doing. And everybody knows it. You know, who's hiding it? You're not hiding it so well. Everybody knows it. You're only hiding it from the people that don't know no better. They don't care. They're coming anyway. I don't know, man. I don't know. I love Kiss, but they make it harder than ever.
4: Yeah, they do. And uh, if you still want to go see them and have a good time, have at it. But, uh <laughs> I'm definitely off the KISS train as far as going to see them live. But, I mean, uh, it
3: used to be where somebody would come to you and say, what's your favorite band? And you'd say, KISS, and they'd say, KISS sucks. And you'd be like, screw you, you know? And nowadays it's like, hey, man, what's your favorite band? KISS. Oh, they're hypocrites. They're... Hey. Oh, uh, ah, uh, you got me there.
4: Just say the are Ramones because they can't disappoint you.
3: Yeah, you might be better off. Yeah.
4: So, uh to stick with this appointment uh did you see uh the video of kingdom come playing at sweden rock last oh, week yeah
3: what a mess
4: oh man and uh it it didn't look good james kotak is their drummer uh was up and down with the tempo through their whole set and uh it it was really weird and uh, there was a especially the video of the something them doing the song do you like it Although my favorite part of that video is where the the singer says, "Do you like it?" and you hear a guy on the ground go, "No." no. <laughs> Did he have a teardrop
3: um, painted under his eye?
4: And which you know led a lot of people to speculate that you know he's really gone overboard with the booze because he struggled with alcohol problems for well, years. Yeah, that's, that's part of the
3: costume. His gig in Scorpions, I think.
4: Yeah, that's what I heard too. And uh, Robbie Crane, you know, veteran bassist, he uh, kind of came to. Kotak's defense, but also, you know, made it clear that he's in the throes of addiction and, you know, he, he hopes that he can save himself. And he says there's too many enablers and uh, Stevie Rochelle, it was a comment underneath the post Stevie Rochelle from metal sledge made. And, and Stevie got a lot of hate for this, but I thought he was pointing out the truth here. So, you know, I saw
3: that too, you know, when he's talking about the comparison to Janie Lane, where at that time everybody knew Janie Lane was in a lot of trouble and there was a lot of people that could have stepped in and possibly helped him, but instead he was surrounded by people that just wanted to keep him messed up, you know, and so, I mean, it's tough, you know, if you got somebody around you all the time pushing the shit on you, it's it's difficult to say no when you're in the habit of partaking all the time, you know, so yeah it's it's a tough thing, but once what do they say you know when you're in, in rehab and stuff they say you know you you can't if you're not going to play, don't go to the playground, but his playground is his job, you know it's being out there on the road when people say, Yeah, man, you know I got to do coke with you know with James Kotak You know, that's something you brag about. That's like always talk about like smoking a joint with Sabu. I'm proud of that, you know, (laughs) the pro wrestler. But it's the same thing for rock stars. But, you know, people aren't always just bringing joints, you know, they're bringing other shit, too.
4: And and I misquoted Robbie. It was that was that part of the quote was uh, Stevie Rochelle. But uh, it was uh, basically Stevie was saying, you know, there's too many yes men and stuff with him. And Robbie then said, you know, sadly, you're correct. The only person that can save James is James. He's got to want it. There's uh indeed so many like him before him, addiction fully has him. he's in the center of his own storm, but then um Troy Patrick Farrell, who's a drummer, used to play with White Lion, uh host a internet radio show and actually interviewed James Kotak uh, a couple days ago and it, the I'm not buying what he said that that was he you know he said alcohol had nothing to do with his performance and <laughs> There must be an epidemic with drummers because he says that he fell out of bed and broke his ribs the oh, other shit. day. So I was like, what's going on with drummers and their ribs being yeah. broken? Better everybody um, check on
3: your drummers. Make sure they're all right.
4: Yeah, I don't know if I buy that. I, I think the guy's got a real issue with, with alcohol. And uh, the, the tempo was just all over the place yeah. for that video. And I, I felt bad for his bandmates. And oh, totally. Uh, And the poor bass player had to go into some impromptu bass solo. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, that's got to be the worst bass solo I've ever heard. And I'm not trying to
3: bass solo
4: at a kingdom come performance. I was waiting for the the singer to say, this is Derek Smalls on the bass. He wrote this uh, because it was very spinal tappy.
3: Yeah, that whole thing was pretty spinal Tappish pretty sad though you know but if the dude's having problems man I hope the best for him he's been a part of some awesome stuff over the years you know stuff that I like so you know James Kotax built himself a hell of a name in rock and roll history and you hate to see something go down like that like so many other people like Janie Lane I wish somebody could have saved him you know but in the end like Robbie Crane says you know if you're in a situation like that Everybody else around you can see it and want it for you. But until you decide that, you know, this ain't the way I can live anymore, then it's going to continue. But you got to make that decision. Nobody else can do it for you. So just take the advice of all your friends and fans. You know, look how many people respect you. You know, Robbie Crane's talking about you. Stevie Rochelle's talking about you. Out of a place of respect, you know. And then look at your fans that you've built over the years. This guy's got to have a ton of fans out there. He's an awesome drummer when he's got it together. And, you know, look to them. Look to everybody you'd be letting down by doing what you're doing. If it's affecting everything and messing up your live show, it's terrible. It's no good, man. But you can turn it around if you want to do it.
4: Why? Well, and you, you know, it's a problem when you're getting a gig at Sweden Rock in front of a giant festival crowd and then you fuck up. It's like, oh, man, if in, of any gig to be cleaned for, that was the one.
3: Right. Yeah. You know, we talked last week about CC Deville, you know, and there's only so much cocaine you can do before you start fucking it up on live TV. Nowadays, in the concert situations with phones, everything's live. You better get it together.
4: Some really awesome news, at least for those of us that are on the, the tour pathway, except is finally going to do a U.S. tour. Yes. And uh, they're kicking it off September 29th in Nashville here at Brooklyn Bowl.
3: Can't wait, man. I wouldn't miss that for nothing.
4: This is uh, I'm excited for this, and I'm glad they're finally doing a, a proper U.S. tour. They tend to just play spotty dates, but this goes from from September all the way through the end of October. So uh, that's, a, that's a good solid close to like 30 dates here.
3: Fantastic. I can't wait. I've never seen Accept. I'm a huge fan of this band and all the way back to their early days, man. I love Accept. I didn't know them and didn't, you know, wasn't introduced to them until way later on, but once I listened to them, I was like, you know, other than Balls to the Wall, of course. Yeah. Cuz that's the one song that everybody knows by Accept, but if you give this band a chance and dig a little bit deeper, they got a discography a mile long and it's just Full of awesome rock and metal.
4: I texted Phil Schaus and said I demand they play something for Eat the Heat. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: And I got nothing back but laughing emojis. Yeah. So I don't think that's gonna happen.
3: This guy asks us that every time we see him. <laughs>
4: uh, and I do. And I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> There's
3: that guy. Oh, the and Eat that, the heat and guy. then
4: when they yeah, and then when they stop laughing, I say, No, I'm serious. Uh,
3: well, that's like us talking to Alice Cooper people going, why don't you guys do something off of Dada?
4: <laughs> yeah, that's when Chuck Garrick rolls his eyes. No, yeah. never going to happen.
3: Yeah, we almost had him sold on Scarlet and Sheba, but I don't think it ever happened.
4: <sighs> it would come off so well. It's so theatrical. Jason Newstead did an interview with UK's Metal Hammer magazine and was asked when the last time was that he listened to one of the Metallica albums that came out after he left, and he said, never. I, uh, but, but then he says, I heard the one where they made the video in prison, the St. Anger title track. Uh, I heard one song with my dad while we were riding in the car in Michigan because the radio is still pretty wed to Metallica, and it went on for fucking ever. <laughs> it was eight minutes on the radio, and I went, what the fuck are they doing? And he says, no disrespect, but I didn't get it.
3: I suppose that's funny when it's your former band. You know, you might have weird feelings about listening to their stuff because what if you like it, you know? But at this point, I would think you've been away from it for long enough. You know, there's there's no... I don't think there's any reason for Jason Newstead to think he'd go back to Metallica or Metallica to think we, we want Jason Newstead back, so... Give it a listen. You might like some of them other albums. Hardwired to Self-Destruct was pretty good. Death Magnetic was pretty good. I think he might like those. He listened to St. Anger. is like, I've heard enough. I will hear no more.
4: He's like, this is the result of therapy. Good job. Um, Looks like
3: I got out of there just in time.
4: Yeah. Uh, Update on Ozzy Osbourne. He's recuperating comfortably. I I think he got out of the hospital this past week, so uh, his his neck and back surgery went good. He, He had... Uh, rem- had surgery to remove and realign pins in his neck and his back which sounds yeah. painful as shit
3: Yeah, sounds better than living with them all crooked in there
4: but uh, he's uh, he's doing better and I think I just saw today that he and Sharon are going to renew their wedding vows for their 40th anniversary so he's doing nice. better
3: that's cool I'm glad to hear that the Prince of Darkness is going to live forever
4: well, got another record coming out at least this year. Uh, yeah. I'm interested in that. I I, I still, I am i don't know. I'm not too optimistic he does any more touring, but we'll see. I hope he's okay. I was
3: going to say, now that they got the screws and everything realigned, he's probably ready to get out back out on tour.
4: <laughs> well, Sharon's ready for him, too. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> get out, Ozzy. Back to work. On the road. Back to work, Ozzy. Here's the new story that I knew Aaron Camaro couldn't wait to talk about. Ugly Kid Joe has announced Rad Wings of Destiny, their new album, and released their first single called That Ain't Living."
3: Yes. Take it away. Oh, man, it's (laughs) so good. What a great name, Rad Wings of Destiny. Mm, Yeah. Fantastic. It goes with the tradition of awesome Ugly Kid Joe album titles. I think it's coming out in September? October. October, yeah. We're going to get a new Ugly Kid Joe album this year. A lot of new bands coming out with good, a lot of great bands coming out with new stuff real soon, you know, so I'm excited for all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, I was excited the day before. I was talking to my friend Mike, and we're talking about Ugly Kid Joe, and I said, is a new song coming out tomorrow? He said, I think so, because it was just, like, announced out of nowhere. Like, tomorrow you're getting a new Ugly Kid Joe song, and it rocks. I swear Whitfield Crane has got to be Bon Scott's illegitimate child.
4: Yeah, I've I've seen several people say this is the best ACDC song released in years (laughs) because it does have that feel for sure.
3: It's pretty great, man. I love it. I love all that band's influences, and I love how they incorporate it all. It's like take all the best bands and let that be your guide into what you're going to do. So you're going to get some ACDC. You're going to get some Sabbath. You're going to get all this awesome stuff. And I'm so excited for the new album. I don't got to tell you that.
4: Yeah, it's got uh, Mark Dodson producing it who did America's Least Wanted, so that'll be cool. Sweet, And uh, that album turns 30 this year. Isn't that crazy?
3: Especially last week when we were talking about Poison and being 12 years old. Kind of makes you feel like an old-timer a little bit. (laughs) But it's awesome, man. You know, the fact that 30 years later, this band is still around, you know, and there's bands I love and respect that are still out there killing it that have been around even longer, you know. So for every band that's out there using tapes and lying about it, there's, you know, a bunch of bands out there that are still kicking just as much ass as they ever have. Support them. Keep them going. Got some Ugly Kid Joe-related news. Did you hear about Klaus?
4: No. Klaus got
3: arrested in L.A.
4: because... I thought that was Cordell.
3: Oh, yeah, you're right. It was Cordell. My mistake. Yeah, it was Cordell. Got arrested in L.A. for possession of a stolen Home Depot van. (laughs)
4: <laughs> what a weird way to promote your new record.
3: <laughs> we need to do something that's going to get us on the news, you know? what's? It? I I got an idea, you know? I'm going to go steal a Home Depot van.
4: Buy this record. Cordell needs bail money.
3: Yeah. I got to imagine it's some kind of misunderstanding. It doesn't seem like that's the kind of thing a a member of a touring band would do, you know? So... I don't know. It's strange. But in my opinion, I think the judge really needs to look at Cordell as a flight risk and make sure that he's not able to leave the United States of America. As a matter of fact, I know exactly who would sneak him off to Europe if they had the chance, and that would be the rest of the band. I think while the judge is looking at this case, you know, Cordell's clearly a flight risk. The entire band, Ugly Kid Joe, is a flight risk. I think you need to keep them here in the States for a while. Just keep an eye on them.
4: Well, I got news for you. They played England like yesterday.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I know. Oh, fuck. It's going to happen someday. Just as they're about to kick into their first song is when the UFOs are going to show up and it's going to be like,
4: what? <laughs> uh, ugly good show must not be allowed to play the U.S. A little bit of Rat news, although kind of non-Rat news. Stephen Piercy says that the Classic lineup was supposed to do a big summer tour this year, and uh, he says he initiated doing it if the surviving guys from the Classic lineup would get together. But there's no reason for them to do it or a need for them to do it, so he just decided to go out solo. So he's, I don't think maybe we're done seeing Rat. I don't. Maybe that's going to be over unless Bobby Blotzer wants to bring his version back out on the road.
3: Yeah, because I mean if. Stephen Piercy goes to the rest of the guys and says, hey, what do you say? Let's take it out on the road, brothers, one more time. You know, all of us, original members, it'll be an awesome thing. Let's go. And they all go, eh, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. Okay. Go back to playing your Xbox. I'm going to just go on a solo tour then.
4: His solo material sounds like what a rat record would sound like most of the time. You know, so he's, he's kind of carrying them. But uh, yeah, I And Warren, I guess, is married to some rich woman, so he's he doesn't need any money. He's uh, sitting
3: around eating chocolate bars all day. He doesn't need to go on the road. He's gained like 500 pounds. <laughs>
4: oh, jeez.
3: He don't want to be photographed because all he does is eat chocolate all day.
4: He's addicted to Mars bars. Uh, it's a real problem.
3: But I think Rat fans know, you know, if you love that band and you want to continue to get new music... The closest thing you're going to get is Steven Piercy. So be grateful that guy's still out there producing solo material that really does carry on the traditions of Rat. So, you know, nothing to be sad about for Rat fans, except, you know, if you would have liked to have seen the true original lineup all together, but I guess they
4: don't want to do that. Hey, did you hear about these uh, two Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts that are happening in L.A. and Wembley in the U.K.?
3: I heard something about it. I didn't know. I don't know who uh, is scheduled for it or anything like that. But I heard something like that was happening.
4: Yeah, they're gonna do one in England and <clears throat> one in L.A. I think at where's the one in L.A. The Kia Forum, the Forum. I'm not, gonna call it, I'm not gonna call it the Kia Forum, or maybe that's the, what used to be the Staples Center. I don't know. The one in the U.K. is gonna have like Stuart Copeland, Liam Gallagher from Oasis. Chrissy Hunt, Getty Lee, and Alex Lifeson are playing at that one. Uh, Brian May, Roger Taylor from Queen, Mark Ronson, Rufus Taylor, <laughs> Wolfgang Van Halen, which seems like a weird fit, but uh, and a special appearance by Dave Chappelle. That's at uh, Wembley Stadium in September. And then at the end of the month in L.A., they're doing the one at the Forum, Stuart Copeland, Miley Cyrus, Josh Homme, uh, Joan Jett, Getty Lee, and Alex Lifeson are also playing that one as as well as Brian May and Roger Taylor. Alanis Morissette's gonna show up. That makes sense. She used to be his boss. Um and then also Chad Smith. Um also Gene Simmons and Nikki Six are gonna make appearances at that one. Wow.
3: i'm that to be interesting to see what everybody's doing.
4: Yeah, I'm uh hopefully they'll stream either one of these. I'd like to see One of these because it sounds pretty interesting, so I don't know. And I wonder, you know, if this maybe is a sign that Foo Fighters are going to continue, or I wonder if they're going to announce they're done.
3: What it actually is is a it's a base off to decide who is going to join the band. You know, they're going to they're going to do this big show. They're going to look at all these drummers, and it's it's a they should turn it into a game show.
4: Well, one of them that they have playing at at both shows is Rufus Taylor, who's Roger Taylor's kid, and Rufus plays drums for The Darkness. Well,
3: there you go, perfect. And I think
4: I think he's the perfect fit if they decide to replace Taylor.
3: Yeah, of course. You know, that's the deal where, you know, nobody's going to come to this guy and be like, you suck compared to Taylor Hawkins. No one's going to say that to him. You know, everyone's going to say, hey, I'm glad you're carrying on the tradition. Loved your dad. No disrespect to the kid or anything, but does anybody live off their last name more than Wolfie Van Halen?
4: Oh, you're opening up a can of worms here.
3: (laughs) I mean, it just kind of occurred to me there, like, do you include him, but if he wasn't Wolfie Van Halen, would he be included in something like that? If he wasn't Wolfie Van Halen, would anybody have heard of Mammoth?
4: Probably not.
3: I mean, it just, I mean, yeah, you know, keep it going because of respect to Eddie, but kind of feel bad for him because that's a lot to live up to. But on the other hand, you get invited to a lot of cool shit. Because of it,
4: yeah. I mean, in fairness, with the Foo Fighters thing, I mean, I know they were like a massive influence on him for his the stuff he did on this record. Yeah, and
3: he was. A, they were a massive influence on a lot of people that last name's not Van Halen that aren't on the guest list.
4: <laughs> oh, there's no doubt he got a lot of <laughs>
3: like said, special
4: attention. It's kind of
3: like a paradox, you know. You you kind of feel bad because it's like I'm getting invited all this shit because I'm you know Eddie's kid. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, I'm getting invited to a lot of cool shit, you know, so.
4: Well, I guess I would take advantage, too, it. if I was yeah, you know. Yeah. So
3: that's awesome. I wish we could all leave our kids that kind of legacy.
4: You don't think Ace Camaro is going to get uh, all kinds of opportunities when you're gone?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> opportunities that I probably don't want to know about.
4: <laughs> if you go before me, I'm going to have to bring Ace on as your replacement. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That kid can't even remember Father's Day, let alone have a two-hour conversation about poison with anybody.
4: Oh, <laughs> nice burn. Yeah. Um, but now with the Wolfie, the thing that bothers me the most about him is the way that he engages people on Twitter. And he gets so defensive Cause And I get it. He probably got a lot of boomer Van Halen fans that want to say stuff to him and ask. But, like, learn how to ignore people. I think he gets off on being smug to older Van Halen fans. Yeah. You know?
3: Because older Van Halens expect him to be Eddie Part 2.
4: Which he shouldn't be expected to
3: right. be that way. And people shouldn't get upset when he's not.
4: Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't have a problem with his perspective on it, but at the same time, it's like quit feeding trolls, man. Or 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 he he blows the shit out of proportion, and I think he just gets off on fighting with people.
3: Yeah, maybe.
4: Yeah, just learn how to not not engage with people like that. Your life's going to be a lot happier. I mean, how much did well, Eddie Van Halen never had a Twitter handle?
3: No, but who would I ever went on there and talk shit about Eddie Van Halen?
4: If he got on Twitter regularly and said what he thought about things, he probably would have gotten hate, too. I guess you're
3: probably right about that.
4: Was that meme I posted yesterday that says, How to start an argument on Facebook, state an opinion, and wait? (laughs) Doesn't matter who you are. I
3: guess, but if you don't Uh, do those things, you know, if you only, if Eddie Van Halen had a Twitter or a Facebook and he only posted, like, musical stuff, nobody's ever going to go on there and mess with him. He's universally respected. I mean, who hates Eddie Van Halen? And if you know somebody that hates Eddie Van Halen, make the call. You know, see something strange, report it.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> if you see something, say something. These are trying times we're living in. This Protect guy don't Eddie, respect Van Halen.
3: Eddie Van Halen, and I just thought I ought to alert somebody.
4: Okay, well, speaking of somebody who doesn't get into arguments on Twitter, Alice Cooper has two studio albums coming out, and he's written 30 songs for them. For, um, this I know crazy. at least
3: one of those albums is supposed to include his actual live band, right?
4: Yeah, he's doing one with them. It's going to be called The Road because I think they're recording it during tour stops oh, man. and writing
3: it. I got a funny feeling, and I'm going to call it now. This is going to be the best Alice Cooper album to come out in a long, long time.
4: Well, I sure hope so. The last couple haven't been that great. Um, and I'm a huge fan. Yeah.
3: Ups and downs. Good spots, oh, yeah, spots.
4: Um, Spotty, yeah. but... I hope there's the real. I hope there's real chemistry with them because there certainly is on stage. Oh, yeah, but
3: for sure, chemistry he, you can feel.
4: He's doing one with with them, and he says one is very hard rock. The other one is hard rock, but it's twisted. That's all I can say about it right now because there's a couple of really important things about both albums. But he's mm. not really letting on too much about what's gonna, what the albums are gonna be. Um, I'm sure the one without the, the the current band is gonna be more wacky, but. I don't know. I just hope the material's strong.
3: Any uh, word of when it's coming out?
4: Oh, he said the first of the two records would arrive later this year. Nice. So we'll see. Hopefully we get at least one of them this year.
3: I'm excited for that. We've always said that for a long, long time. We probably said it louder than anybody. Please, Alice, do an album with your live band because you guys have that awesome chemistry together. We believed it would be amazing. I hope we're right. I can't imagine we're wrong. On paper, it says it's going to be the best album of the year.
4: Here's a news story that hits kind of close to home and uh, a friend of ours that we're super happy for. uh, BJ Cramp's new book, This Band Has No Past, about Cheap Trick, is officially a thing now. It's coming out September 6th.
3: Yeah, pre-order available now. Go to where you buy your books. This Band Has No Past is the name of the book. B.J. Cramp is the man. Brian J. Cramp is the author. we got to say it officially now. He's not the kahuna anymore. He's only the kahuna every once in a while. But his true identity is an awesome author that just wrote a kick-ass book about Cheap Trick. So if you know somebody that loves Cheap Trick and you want to give them an awesome gift that they're going to be blown away by, it's a good opportunity to do it because it's a great thing and I know they'll love it
4: when the publishing date coincides with the 45th anniversary of the in color album coming out. So that's a cool timing thing. And yeah, he posted a picture of some of like the, uh, advanced copies of the book. So it's cool to see it in in finished form. And uh, I, I pre-ordered it. I can't wait to get my copy and, uh, we'll definitely have to have him back on to uh, do another Cheap Trick episode. We did a, a fun Best and Worst of 70s Cheap Trick yeah. episode that uh, was a lot of fun. But maybe, yes. we
3: can, maybe we can do the worst and worst of Cheap Trick in the 80s. Oh, <laughs> man. It was,
4: we'll just talk about The Doctor the whole time?
3: Oh, man. Yeah, a totally different band, in my opinion, from one decade to the next.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a few good songs, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know, but, yeah, BJ's slaved over this book for years, yeah. so it's really awesome to see it finally, finally happen.
3: Yep, super proud of our brother, man. He did good.
4: Uh, some sad news uh, since the last time we've done a new noise. Uh, bassist Alec John Such from Bon Jovi passed away.
3: Yep, I saw that. The original, original guy
4: kind of helped form the band. I know he brought uh, Richie and Tico into the band, I believe. That was it was through him as the connection. I didn't realize he was 10 years older than the rest of the guys in the band.
3: Yeah. Did you know that? But when you look back on the pictures knowing that, you go, "Oh yeah, yeah this guy is quite a bit older than the rest of these kids."
4: Yeah. I know I mean I just you know, frankly, he wasn't as pretty as the other guys, and I just assumed it was that. But, yeah, I guess he was quite a bit older and, and more experienced than they were when well, he joined. Do? But, uh,
3: of course you're not going to look your best when you're always standing next to Tico Torres.
4: <laughs> yeah, because Tico was the heartthrob of the Hell band. Hell,
3: yeah. Sexiest yeah.
4: beast. <laughs> that John guy, he was ugly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, Girls went crazy for Tico. <laughs>
4: yeah. And he had a. It was an ugly breakup with him and the band. I it, you, I gotta say, the person that came out looking the worst out of the situation was was Eddie Trunk. Did you see his tweet when when this happened?
3: When they broke up, or when dude no, died?
4: When Alec died? No, uh-uh. <laughs> T- there's a time and place for everything, but his tweet about Alec John Such was Alec John basically Alec John Such passed away. I should Something like, I should make it clear, Alec didn't actually play on the classic albums. That was Hugh McDonald, but Alec toured with the band. It's like, yeah, we know, but you don't have to bring that up when you're talking about him dying. Yeah, no
3: kidding. Jeez. What
4: what a heel thing to say. Yeah. Well, at, least, at least he didn't say that it was one of his close friends like he always does.
3: Right. Apparently not. That sounds like somebody you're, you're specifically not friends with or somebody you've got a problem with if you're going to announce it like that, you know?
4: Yeah, don't, don't bring that fact up. I mean, he toured with them through all their glory years. I mean, he was there. It's like yeah, saying, know. you
3: know, Ozzy Osbourne got drunk and pissed on the Alamo. You know, rest in peace. Or, you know, Alice Cooper smoked a lot of crack in the 80s. Rest in peace. You know, why you want to say something yeah. shitty about a guy? He's like, hey, much respect to the passing, but here's something shitty that you might not know about this guy.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, even if it's... A negative thing that's true, but like, wait a little while before you bring that part of it up, at least when the guy just died.
3: It's like, he's best friends with the other bass player. They're like, and the other bass player's really insecure, and so Eddie's got to do it that way. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> It'd be pretty interesting to know what the reasoning is. Like, Eddie, why'd you do that, that motherfucker? You know what he did to me one time? You know? <laughs> something like he that you get
4: backstage yeah uh but yeah i guess he was living in south carolina they reported that uh there was no foul play expected so they think he just died of natural causes he was 70 so i mean it's not a giant shocker but uh rest in peace alex john such and You got to live through some amazing glory years for that band. Even if you're not a fan of Bon Jovi, you got to admit they were on top of the world for a long time there. I
3: bet you he spent a lot of time with some beautiful women that he promised to help introduce to John Bon Jovi. (laughs)
4: Yeah, I'm sure he did. This is a stirring tribute. Now we're the assholes. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's
3: a slippery slope.
4: (laughs) Slippery when wet slope.
3: What a serious news show we are.
4: You're not, you get what you paid for. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, the last thing I've got here is, uh, this story about quiet riot is, uh, pissed off. The, the, the people that are representing quiet riot, including Frankie's widow are really mad at Cleopatra records because Cleopatra is about to reissue the alive and well album as a deluxe two CD set and two LP vinyl package. And, uh, this week actually. And, uh, Regina Benali is not happy about this. She says, uh, do not purchase the unauthorized illegal reissue of one of our past albums from the nineties that a record company is attempting to release tomorrow. They are in breach of contract. The contract quiet riot signed with them prohibits reissues, repackaging and re-releasing. This is fraudulent. We're taking legal steps to shut this down. Don't send money anywhere to purchase this thinking it's a legit product. So I don't, and then, Oh, and Cleopatra has actually issued a statement. Says uh, Regina Russell has been paid for years, along with all the states and band members of Quiet Riot. We're dealing with this issue now, just like we dealt with the Axel Rose situation years ago. I guess uh, Axel had legal action against them in two thousand four. Release? Oh, they released the uh, Hollywood Rose yeah. album. Okay. So I well, so I wonder. It just depends on who you believe. So here. is this
3: an album that they recorded for Cleopatra that never got released, or just something that Cleopatra bought the rights to? I mean.
4: They bought the rights. It came out in the '90s. Because something like this that.
3: recently, Striper was going through something similar. Same to this, thing, yeah. But I mean, somebody has to sign off on this stuff, I would think. When there's rights involved,
4: the Striper thing, I I know enough about that. Is it's one of those things where it's not a good look for the record company to release it, but they are well within their legal lo- rights to yeah. do it um, in that situation. Um, but I, I see both sides of that argument because I can see the band saying, "Well, we we would like to be able to be the ones who release that." But at the same time, if you don't own it, you don't own it. Right. You know,
3: yeah. I'd like to sell my neighbor's truck, but I don't own it, so I don't have the rights to sell it. You
4: know, <laughs> <laughs> guy comes over like, "Why'd you put my truck on Facebook Marketplace? What the fuck?" I need
3: the money, man. Now go get me that title.
4: Said that the LP had been digitally remastered to bring out every nuance of the original eight original eight compositions as well as Quiet Riot's cover of Highway to Hell and six revamped QR classics. Yeah,
3: That's cool, I guess. You know, if you're a Quiet Riot fan, you probably want something like that. But it's kind of funny. You don't want to, you know, upset the band. But it doesn't sound like it's the band so much as it's Frankie's, you know, and she, yeah, Frankie's widow. So I don't know. I don't know where to stand on that one. I mean, if I was a huge Quiet Riot fan, I would definitely want a copy of that
4: that's that's the hard position that the fans get put in you know because they they just want the material because they're fans right. you know so uh but at the same time i i can see frankie's widow's point if 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 they're releasing it and they shouldn't i don't know i guess we'll have to see how it works out legally but i checked on it like two days ago and it was still up on cleopatra's site for sale so i don't know what's hmm. going to happen should be interesting. it's going to become a real collectible though if they do shut yeah, it down that's true But, I mean, the thing is, though, are we arguing over pennies? I mean, is it it really going to sell that many copies?
3: Probably not enough to be, yeah, it's not like it's going to sell, you know, a million units worldwide or anything. I
4: don't know. There's a lot of of scrambling over these vinyl reissues because vinyl reissues are hot right now.
3: For sure, because people want them, you know. They want to add stuff to their collection. And if you're committed to your vinyl collection again, then... If you're a completist like me, you know, you're going to want something like that, whether it's CD or LP. So if you're a fan of Quiet Riot, I can see the inner conflict. You know, you say, well, it's not official, but I don't give a shit. I just want the songs.
4: Great White made the news again recently. Uh, well, first it was uh, an announcement by Mitch Malloy that he was leaving the band. And then the same day, Great White announces that Andrew Freeman is now their new singer. And... uh Mitch Malloy is going to focus on his storyteller shows and his Mitch Malloy's Van Halen experience. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah, I don't know. Mitch Malloy was never really a good fit for Great White anyway.
4: Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't know that he's a great fit for Mitch Malloy's Van Halen
1: experience. <laughs>
3: oh man, yeah.
4: Poor I've never I've never seen somebody get so much mileage off of an audition as he has with yeah. this. He, did you see the promo video he put out for No. <laughs> you got to watch this thing.
3: Him saying, you know, people people ask me all the time.
4: Pretty much, I mean, it was uh, he did a concert. I guess it was a couple of months ago in Destin, Florida, on the beach or, with this Van Halen experience, and he clearly brought a professional camera crew with him because they cut together this. It's a really well made promo for this show, but at the beginning of it, it shows him like off to the side of the stage, and he got some guy to narrate it, and he was like, it was on that day that Eddie looked at Mitch and said, you've got the job, kid. And then it cuts to him playing the songs live. And it, it, was, it was pretty cringeworthy. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it looks like a decent tribute show, but I just don't know. I it, I can't buy into the whole... I don't know. I guess if you're if you're wondering what it would have been like if Mitch fronted Van Halen, this is your chance to see it, and it's not bad per se, but it's just
3: odd. You can't really blame him for it because I mean that's really what he's got. You know that's that's his hook. You know to to be able to say I was a almost a part of Van Halen, which is not a lie, you know, it's true, he really did get to that point, and he really did get offered the gig, and you know, from there, it it never ended up happening, but I mean, there are people that are such big Van Halen fans that know all that minutia, kind of the same way like you and us, and we all know about Kiss, you know, same thing with Van Mm -hmm. Halen, so people that are deep Van Halen fans that are geeks about the music and about the history of it they know who Mitch Malloy is, you know, because he is a part of Van Halen history. But he's a part of it, you know, and so if that's your claim to fame, and you know what, some people might wonder, you know, what would that have been like? So, if nothing else, it's a good excuse to go hear a bunch of really good songs.
4: I guess. I mean, would you want to see Gary Sharon's Van Halen experience?
3: I mean, he's got more of a claim to it than Mitch Malloy does. <laughs> if, if you're being honest.
4: To shift it to the kiss thing, Steve Ferris from Mister Mister played on Creatures and was actually offered the job and turned it down. So, should we expect a Steve Ferris kiss experience?
3: Eh, no, probably not. You know,
4: and he's going to get sued for using that logo. I mean, it's he uses straight up the classic Van Halen logo and just put puts Mitch Malloy's over the top and Experience underneath it. Yeah, and it's like that's. You're you're tempting fate with that and like Wolfie loves to bitch about stuff. I can imagine him being sicking lawyers on on him for this. So, I don't know. And it's interesting he starts this after Eddie dies. I think it, I just I think it's kind of gross, you know. You know, if people want to go see it more power to him, but I just I think it's in poor taste.
3: But again, you know, you know? what are we arguing about here? Not a whole lot of money. No. So, I mean, it's not no. like this guy's out there making a million bucks doing this thing. It's going to pretty well fly under the radar, I would think.
4: Can't wait for Jean Bouvoir's kiss experience.
3: I can't wait for Mitch Malloy to take this thing up to Minneapolis, so we can get the report from Baco on the ground about how it went.
4: Well, I listened to their latest episode, and he mentioned that he would, if he comes anywhere close, he will go see him. And he said, "Yeah, maybe I'll show up and uh, I'll give Mitch the opportunity to punch me in the face." <laughs>
3: <laughs> get it on tape.
4: <laughs> Did you see Mitch's cameo birthday greeting for Baco?
3: Yes, I couldn't believe he did it.
4: I couldn't either. He was a good sport about it. But you know he knows who Baco is. (laughs) That's funny. And they they said on their show, they were like, the the funniest part of it was how many people messaged them when uh, Mitch made the announcement. Did you see?
3: (laughs) Mitch Malloy to them is kind of like what Vinnie Vincent once was to us. Yep. I don't know. I was reading a little something about that online, and on the long thread of Facebook comments underneath it, The majority are all saying the same thing, and it's the same thing everybody said to Skid Row a couple of months ago. Go get your original singer back. Suck it up. Get it together. A lot of people on there saying Jack Russell's Great White is the only Great White we care about anyway, and, you know, a few really cool people are going, hey, I like them both, you know, so... But the majority are saying go get Jack Russell back. I don't see why not. I mean, there's another example of you guys aren't getting any younger.
4: I don't know. I think jack with all of his baggage that's they just don't want to deal with that
3: yeah i guess not then go start a different band
4: yeah i think so too i just you know and i've watched some clips with andrew and andrew freeman's a great oh, singer yeah. um you know especially love him with last in and line he's great a talented a awesome band but i just i watched some clips and and he's singing the songs capably but at the same time it's just jack is his voice is so well known for those and songs so it's almost tied impossible. to that
3: band and those songs yeah so strongly that you, if, you hear, if you hear any of those songs and somebody else is singing them no matter who's singing it they, you get Pavarotti or somebody or you know Robert Plant even or in his prime or whatever if it's not Jack Russell singing those songs they don't sound quite right
4: wait a minute if the Van Halen experience thing doesn't work out for Mitch he can do Mitch Malloy's Great White experience
3: there you go that makes perfect sense
4: maybe that's yeah. next
3: I don't know man i'd like to see well, that's it that's all i got for this i'd week. like to see it though <laughs> i'd like to see jack russell back with mark kendall back with uh michael Lardy, and you know the original uh, as close you know to the heyday era as you can get to go out on a tour i would that i would love to see i mean if jack russell's great white comes through probably gonna go see it other great white comes through i don't know maybe i guess but I wouldn't miss Jack Russell's Great White because I've seen them live before and they are awesome, you know, and they are closer to the authentic experience, I think, because he's also got former members of Great White in his band, too. And that's that's a requirement, I guess, for it to be legit.
4: Maybe in the podcast world, we'll get Mitch LaFont's Three Sides of the Coin experience. <laughs> no. <laughs> Or we'll get Terrence Reardon's Rock and Metal Combat podcast experience.
3: No.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> These are all terrible ideas. Every single one of them. Nobody gets to have any more experiences. Experiences are canceled. not Experiences
4: aren't yeah, always good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we never said it was good. We just said it would be right, an experience. Yeah,
3: that's, well, that's what everybody said after <laughs> Vinny Vincent got done playing. Was that any good? Well, it was an experience. Wild, man. What a bunch of crazy shit going on in the world of rock and roll. Good thing you got your boys here. Myself, Aaron Camaro, Chris Sinzak, to break it all down for you right here on another episode of New Noise. If you guys are loving this, you got any opinions on anything we said today or talked about, hit us up in the comments section. We'll keep these things coming because, you know what, frankly, they're fun to record and we like doing it. We're a part of Pantheon Podcasts. If you're looking for other awesome music podcasts, Go no further than the Pantheon itself. Pantheonpodcast.com. Check out their whole roster. We're on there, so that should say something about the rest of the folks that are a part of Pantheon as well. You're probably going to find something you love. Uh, Check us out on Facebook. Give us a like on our Facebook page. Join up in the conversation in the Decibel Geek Community Group. We like reviews and recommendations. Uh, Facebook, iTunes, and Stitcher, not Stitcher. Well, if, I think you can do it on Stitcher, but we're still there. Pod Chaser is what I'm thinking of. So, yeah, hit us up with the reviews and recommendations if they're awesome and they got all the stars. We're gonna read it on the show. Thanks for everybody for giving us love on the Poison episode. If you couldn't tell already, we're big fans. Now you know for sure. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of nothing else. All right, there you have it, folks. The good, bad, the ugly, the ridiculous, and everything in between. That is Decibel Geek. New noise.
4: See ya.
1: At Metro by T-Mobile, you can upgrade to 5G and get more savings with the lowest price on one line of unlimited 5G—just forty dollars, period. That's it, taxes and fees included. Plus, more choices with the largest selection of free 5G phones from brands you love, like Samsung. Switch and save more, only at Metro. Lowest price versus major national prepaid brands. The fraction of users greater than 35 gigabytes per month may notice reduced speeds, and Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus T-Mobile due to prioritization. Video streams and SD requires eligible port-in and plans. See store for details.
2: Sunny jackpots are waiting for you at Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel. Join us every Thursday in June for a chance to win a 2022 BMW 540i or up to $100,000 cash. Earn entries all month long using your Club Serrano card at your favorite slots and table games. Not a member? Sign up today and you could plan the ultimate summer road trip at a new BMW or with thousands in cash. Hot temps, even hotter prizes only at SoCal's number one casino, Yamava. Details at Yamava.com. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly.